welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about the new rules at the University of Winnipeg's gym. We're going to be talking about revivals versus spin-offs and which one's better. And we're also going to have a little celebration for excellent customer service. Aaron, how was your week? It was good. I am back from holidays, so you are. It was like full swing right away. Yeah, hit the ground running. Yeah, because I'd done a bunch of interviews before I left. Because I plan ahead. You do plan ahead. <laughs> she has this whole like chart calendar on her desk. Yeah, so uh, I had those interviews in the bank, and so I could just start writing right when I got back because it's fall touring season. So, as you know, that it is. It is even busier than festival season in some ways. There's a lot of really amazing artists coming through town. I have a lot of really exciting interviews coming up. I'm talking to Lee Volbeck, who was shortlisted for the Players Prize this year. And we're going to talk about that prize a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking to Sarah Selene next week, who I love. So there's a lot of really fun people coming up. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you also, we wanted to talk a little bit <laughs> yeah. in this section. You also had some exemplary customer service. Just a few moments Just ago. Just mere moments ago. I, I had mailed something down to my uncle who lives in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a Facebook message saying like, hey, I checked the tracking from FedEx and it says it was delivered and signed for by this stranger (laughs) that we don't, not any of our neighbors or anything. So like, can you deal with this? (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I call FedEx and they kind of shuffle me around a little bit until I get to the right person. And then this lady, I believe her name was Tina, was just amazing. She was just on it and so pleasant. She's like, give me your tracking number. We'll get this sorted out. So I told her. And then she's like, oh, I think I know what happened. So then she she discovers that the package had gone sent to a, a holding place, a FedEx place nearby. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them. I'm going to find out what's going on. And I was like, okay, you go, <laughs> Tina. And she calls and she's like, I'll put you on hold. And she calls them. She, I love people who take their job seriously like that. Yeah. And she was just like, so, but she wasn't like, like sassy about it. She was just really pleasant. Yeah, she was like, I'm on this. Yeah. And she's like, getting shit done. And so she, she takes me off a hold. She goes, okay. This is exactly what I thought happened. This man signed for. He just signed in the wrong box. So it said it was delivered rather than in the holding place, which is why it didn't send a notification saying that it was there. She's like, here's the hours. Here's the address. Here's what you need to bring. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Done, done, done. And I was like, whoa, thanks, Tina. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. So good. Thanks, FedEx. Well, and I feel like it's it's a bit of a dying art sometimes, too. Like, I just just have really... I feel like the assumption is everyone in customer service hates their job. Yeah. And that's probably true maybe like 87% of the time. Because... It's tough. It's rough. Yeah. And they, they handle a lot of abuse. But I had yes. like a similar experience over the phone. I was booking um, a flight using points. And I later found out that there was an app and then I was furious because I was like, I would have <laughs> just done this. But then I wouldn't have had a delightful... And I don't remember her name, alas. But she booked our flights, but there was a really tight connection and we'd already like gone through it and done it. We were just getting ready to be like, okay, this is done. We're good. And I was like you know what? I'm having some anxiety about the last because it's uh, I'm going to Europe in like a week and a half and it's three flights. Mm-hmm. The last flight, there was like a 45 minute connection that's, that's tight, coming yeah. off of the transatlantic flight. So I was yeah. like, mm, I have anxiety about this. Can we? And she's like, that's okay. We can rebook it. And she's like, I just have to like cancel this and we'll have to like do it all again. And it was like an hour and a half. I feel like oh. we we're best <laughs> friends after because it was like, <laughs> but, but totally like put my mind at ease. And you also ultimately got probably the best transatlantic 
combination I have ever heard of in my life. Yeah, it's so good. And there's no early morning flights, like yeah, overnight there, during the day home, which is how you want to fly. It's It was good. But yeah, again, I was just like, I'm really impressed with you and kind of want to call your superior. <laughs> she was great. <laughs> so just as the holiday season comes near and you're going to be interacting with a lot of people who are in customer service, just remember to be polite and kind because they take a lot of abuse. the news this week see i'm trying not to begin every segment with so which i feel like i do every single week we both do it's okay it's it's our crutch it's our like so it's our you know in the news in the news university of winnipeg is uh rolling out a pilot program that will last mm-hmm. into december um trying out reserved hours at the gym for women and non-binary folk mm-hmm. and last fall they i think it was last fall they were talking about rolling out a survey just kind of assessing the need right, and right. i guess there's a need so they're trying it out it's going poorly (laughs) as you respect at least the response to it the response yeah um so we had a story i guess it would have been on wednesday tuesday um about it rolling out and of course some of the complaints are as what you'd expect like male students being like well this is discrimination and Mm -hmm. and uh i noticed that today one of the quotes from one of the women in the story was talking about how, like, well, a lot of the backlash has been super sexist, so you can't really say there's not a problem. And I noticed that this morning that the comments have been closed. Which is never a good sign. We are no longer accepting comments on the story as most submissions do not meet our terms. Right. So, oof. Yeah. Um, I have lots to say on I this subject. I know you do. And I'm, I, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. When I first read the story, I was kind of conflicted because I do agree that it is kind of discriminatory to sure. to have the women and non-binary only hours and the points that were brought up in the story by the male student student or students I think it was student are legitimate for the most part but at the same time like there is a need for that so mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if perhaps the execution was not done in the correct way like if they could could impl- they could they could do this, but in in a different way that isn't as discriminatory. I think I'm just going to like, just go lecture now. Just go. (laughs) I think I agree. I think it is. I think if you were to look purely from a textbook definition of what is discrimination, sure. Mm -hmm. Because no men are allowed during this time. Is that discriminatory? Yes. If you're looking up discrimination black and white yeah miriam webster sure um this is not a black and white issue so i think the problem is is that a lot of the nuance gets lost Mm -hmm. and the way it is rolled out people get their backup every time they think something is being taken away from them so even if it's something that they don't use even if it's something that they don't really care about yeah suddenly it's like oh well this is my rights to be here yeah this is being taken away from me and now it's all about me 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 i pay the same like fees dues i don't know how it works i think it's just part of the tuition um you know then it becomes about that Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about sort of the larger implications of why this might be needed right and i was this was the subject i was thinking about writing about because there have been a few lawsuits of men suing like women's gyms which is kind of a different thing yeah i mean like as a human rights complaint which seems like kind of a weird hill to die on to me, but everybody needs a cause, I guess. Well, yeah, especially if a facility has always been women's only. I think right. it gets kind of weird right. when you try to convert a co-ed to a woman only, but you know. So I was just, I was curious. So as 
you do as a reporter. You make some phone calls. And I work out at a gym that offers co-ed and women's only locations. They work out at Good Life. So I called um, them and we're just like, I talked to like, I guess a woman who deals with like it was so long ago. Um, she deals with like complaints, like customer mm-hmm. service complaints. And I asked her, I was like, and she's not based in Winnipeg, like based at like a head office situation. And I asked her, I'm like, so women's only gyms, has there been like a huge backlash? And she said that, like, I mean, she doesn't, she couldn't give me hard data, so it's anecdotal, but she was talking about how there's been very few and most of them were actually related to choice, not discrimination. So there would be the odd complaint from a guy who'd be like, actually, my closest good life is a women's only. Okay. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But overwhelmingly men were probably just like sure what well, else cool I'll work yeah. out at the co-ed gym who yeah. cares um and the other interesting thing that she said and um someone from shapes also mentioned this that there has been no grand push for men's only spaces mm-hmm. in the way that there has been a push for women in non-binary spaces mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting because i kind of thought about it as though like let's pretend for a moment that i was james and not jen so everything about me is the same except for that i'm a dude if I was like a white middle class guy, I'd be like, you know what? I'm a guy. I move through the world pretty easily. There's not a lot hindering me. If I have to work out at another gym, cool. That's a concession I will make because women have to make concessions all the freaking time. Like, I wish that was the response as opposed mm-hmm. to like, this is being taken away from me. Like, oh, we can move mountains if you got nearly as upset about discrimination and sexism that affects mm-hmm. women on bigger scale and you I, know what I mean yeah so like, I think when we look at it really simplistically like is this discrimination we're not really thinking about like why this need might exist like I wish people would think like man it must really suck to feel like you can't go to the gym because you're worried about being harassed mm-hmm. or you're worried about someone making Staring a transphobic comment yeah or you're worried about being ogled with the elliptical mm-hmm. that must really be hard you know what? If you need some time to that is yours, great. Mm-hmm. Like I wish we could get there, but I think as soon as you roll it out as something that is being like taken away from someone, mm-hmm. it just kind of shuts down all those more nuanced conversations. And when we were discussing this yesterday, when we were planning what we we're going to talk about, you made the point too that it's not like the women that are asking women and non-binary people who are asking for these spaces that these um, dudes should be getting upset at it should be the other men who have made this a need yeah like come collect your dude bros guys like that's what needs to happen here like and we fully acknowledge that those dudes are probably in the minority and there are a lot of really helpful wonderful men around but like if you see your friend being gross tell them well and it's totally and there's something that john oliver said that's duck with me which is everyone who makes the bad apples argument mm-hmm. they only use part of the, th- the saying mm-hmm. that's just a few bad apples well no the rest of that saying is that a few bad apples spoil the bunch right so you have to look at why this is a need and there's two arguments that have kind of come up already about this one everyone pays the same dues and should be get the same thing correct sure but we also live in a society so for example i pay taxes i pay school taxes I don't go to elementary school. Don't have I don't kids. have anyone in my house that goes to elementary school. Yeah. But I understand that in order it's for really society to work. Right. So if you're paying for time so that women can work out for an hour and not feel, you know, threatened or harassed or whatever, th- does that matter? Like how mm-hmm. many students also pay for the gym that have never set foot in it? Yeah. 
That's true. Right? So that kind of argument falls apart for me. Um, and the second thing is the, well, feminists would be so upset if there was men's only spaces. And it's like, okay, well, let's pretend that we live in a parallel universe where we've lived under an oppressive matriarchy and like men couldn't vote until this year and, you know, they face disproportionate rates of harassment and violence and mm-hmm. you know okay, f- yeah. sure fine have sure. your men's only spaces but that's the thing this isn't an apples to apples comparison this we're talking about systemic sexism and how to potentially make something better for people who are feeling it mm-hmm. i don't think it's been perfectly rolled out because i think this no. is i think this is a it's a lightning rod issue and I think yes. it, I mean, especially like, I don't know how they're going to determine whether or not someone's. That was the thing that I yeah. think they really, really need to solidify a plan for how yeah. you're going to determine someone is identifying as female. Right. Because then that starts getting into like yeah. slippery slope yeah, territory yeah, yeah. as well. Um, so I think it's well intentioned, mm-hmm. but I think anytime that you have kind of what I was saying at the top of the conversation where you people kind of have the knee jerk reaction. Oh my God this is discrimination and something's being taken away from me. Of course, there's going to be some backlash, but it would be great if we can kind of take a step beyond that and say, okay, why is there a need? People are clearly feeling unsafe. Unsafe. Mm -hmm. And what can I do as a person who can move through the world a little more easily? And is this going to affect me negatively that much really? Exactly. And I don't think we get to pick and choose when discrimination is bad and oh my god this is an outrage and when discrimination's like oh it's kind of okay. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's so much discrimination that we just kind of tacitly accept. Let's get angry about that too. We don't get to just get angry about when gym time is taken away from dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I kind of do feel like it's not unreasonable to accept like expect that people kind of cede some space on this winding and long road to equality, which we're nowhere near, you know, like yeah. if it means having to make a bit of a concession so that your fellow colleagues feel safe. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to support that? You know what I mean? Like why? So I think that's the problem that happens when you center yourself all the time, right? Mm-hmm. My needs, my rights, my wants, and not even rights. Like, I don't think like it's a human right. I don't think gym issue. time is a human right. No, but like we're talking about like my needs, my wants, and whether or not this is discrimination. Mm-hmm. I think we lose the larger part of the conversation. But yeah, if you want to go back to the argument, like, is it discriminatory? Yeah. Is it unfair? Yeah. But let's look at some of the broader issues mm-hmm. surrounding that. Do you feel better? I do feel better. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to move on to something a little bit lighter. Yes, a little bit lighter. Will and Grace is starting this week. It is. Jen and I are both, we're we're both huge fans of the original series. There's eight seasons and it was amazing. So good. I have them all on DVD. I watch them with my mom every couple of years. We'll go through the whole thing. So. And I wrote a column. You did. um, About Will and Grace coming back and how I'm both excited, but also a little bit filled with dread because (laughs) like every revival that has happened thus far has been so bad. Like that Gilmore Girls revival was so... It was not satisfying It was very disappointing. And I kind of, and I wrote this in the column too. It was kind of like reconnecting with an old friend and then finding out that you have nothing in common anymore except for the past. (sighs) Worry. And it's just like, why why did I do this? Like you existed as a perfect memory. Why did I, why did I wreck this? You know what I mean? So I'm a little bit 
afraid of that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also just interesting timing because it's TV has changed so much. So much. Like we've moved to mostly single camera sitcoms with no laugh track. Like it's not like, oh my God, a gay man on TV anymore. You know, (laughs) like where, I mean, they didn't even have an on-screen kiss until season two yeah Ellen grace yeah so it kind of really i think it's easy to forget how pioneering shows like Ellen grace and like sex in the city were yeah. you know oh yeah through today's lens because yeah. there's so much tv yeah. and also there's so much tv so it's like i don't know that revivals are necessarily like i was kind of humbly submitting in my column that maybe the spinoff is preferable i hate spinoffs you know you hate spinoffs i hate they're always terrible Name- not always okay 90% of the time. There may be a few exceptions, but often I find spin-offs are given license to be lazy because the characters already have a fan base. They already have uh, a past. They already have all that stuff behind them to hold them up. So the the to me they're just a cash cow. Like the the writing is usually lazy. It's usually not funny or impactful or anything that it was going to be. Joey, anybody? I know you put that in your yeah, column because that's like my most hated <laughs> spinoff, and it was bad. But I think, and I, and I think that they can be bad, but I think they can also, if you have the right team. I don't know, man. Be good, like the Good Fight. I don't know if you watched the Good Wife. I didn't, but I know that it, everyone loved it. And the Good Fight is a spinoff of the Good Wife, and I was like, hmm. I don't know about this. And I love that show because it it's tonally similar. There's a few of the same characters, mm-hmm. but it's kind of this whole new show and this whole new world. And I guess Better Call Saul is like that too. People love Better Call Saul. Yeah. And I love that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which is a Breaking Bad spinoff. Exactly. And like kind of a quasi prequel as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so it can be done really well. And I, what I like about the spinoff, if it's done well, and like Frasier, for example, is a very successful spinoff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cute. I got a really cute email from a woman who was like, I don't understand what you were meant saying in your column, but Frasier, there's been no Frasier spinoff, has there? And she's like, I guess a super Frasier fan and yeah. thought she missed something. I'm like, yeah. no, no, like Frasier is the spinoff. And she's like, oh yeah, because <laughs> it's so good. People yeah. forget that it's yeah. a spinoff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that was funny because it was just That's like, cute. oh yeah, totally. Like it seems like its own entity universe, yeah. right? Whereas you could still pull in some fun mm-hmm. guest starring and threads from the past yeah. without trying to revive something that is of its time but again i think those three examples are in the minority for me i agree but i would like to see more people take risks with spinoffs like i would watch the garbage out of jack and karen if that was a show yes i would i don't know that i would like it would be so good i find that it's useful to have kind of will and grace there as a buffer they could still be there but they just we could like pivot the focus and also like are they going to pretend that the season finale just didn't didn't happen happen? i think they are maybe they're gonna like tie it in somehow Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to wait and We're see. We're recording this before it airs. I know. It's, it's, it airs we tonight. record on Thursdays. Um, yeah. So we'll have to revisit this. But yeah, I just... Uh, revivals. Like, I, I'm hoping that it's good. And I'm hoping that they also... My biggest hope for <laughs> Will and Grace 2.0 is that they continue to try to be the groundbreaking show that they were before. Just in different ways. Yeah. <clears throat> like, Sorry. And I think there is no reason to think that they won't because mm-hmm. I think it's always been a political show because mm-hmm. um, I read a piece that I referenced in my column. It's kind of worrying about like how, you know, they might be 
derided for being actually behind the times instead of ahead of times included in, in terms of inclusivity and diversity and mm-hmm. um because i mean it's a show about four privileged white people um and the climate of tv has changed from that or is changing from that um but i think that there's still interesting things that we can do with these characters and i also don't subscribe to this weird idea that like once characters are older that they have nothing else to say like i've seen that comment pop up a few times where it's like why, why do we care about what they're doing now it's like, like when they they're have like more things because they're say? 50 who cares yeah. like so get rid of that ageist crap too but yeah i, I hope wait. it's good i can't but wait i'm excited i'm nervous about it As always, the last segment of the pod is what we're reading, watching, and or listening to. And I think we should start with listening to this week because last week we forgot to talk about the Polaris Prize winner. Mm-hmm. Lido Pimienta, who won the 2017 Polaris Music Prize for her record La Papessa, which is great. And if you haven't heard of her or haven't heard this record, we highly recommend you go seek it out immediately. Yeah, it's it's a very intense and sort of, for, for me, it was a difficult listening experience because it's very aggressive and there's a lot of stuff going on but I can appreciate even though I don't understand the lyrics I can appreciate like the passion and behind it and you can kind of get a sense of what she's talking about and what she's expressing even though you don't understand the words if you don't speak Spanish yeah it's a Spanish language album and uh she is originally from Colombia Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's just it's kind of I like when non-English speakers win the Polaris because it kind of just it it's goes to show again how rich this country's music scene is yeah and how diverse it is and you know for a jury to kind of take a chance on yeah something new is always really cool to see and And it's much deserved it is and i can say as a jury member when that record was first suggested it was like immediately it immediately became a front runner for sure for a lot of people the conversation change just like blew up people were like what is this this is amazing and I'm I'm surprised that she won because I really really thought a tribe called red was gonna take it just based on conversations and articles and and that was also another really incredible and, and because it's an incredible record yeah but um it's exciting that that such a dark horse in the pack kind of took took first prize totally um I am watching I'm gonna be watching okay. this week I'm watching Alias Grace. Although, as, am I. as are you. Although now I have to wait because I got the first three episodes. Oh, fancy media screeners. Yes, fancy media screeners. But now I have to wait to see the rest, how the miniseries concludes. But it's another Margaret Atwood adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, of one of your favorite books. One of my favorites, yes. Um, and it's about Grace Marks, who was kind of like the first Canadian murderess. So there's a lot to unpack in this show in terms of like relationships between employer employee like patient patient like women and mental health like it's it's a very dense book too if you don't know the story i would suggest that you google it wiki it or better yet read the read the book it's it's based off of a true uh a true story Mm -hmm. of grace marks who was an actual convicted murderer yeah she did 30 years at kingston penitentiary before she was pardoned and then she kind of leaves the history books so yeah it's kind of an imagining about her life and kind of trying to piece together the story and you never know if i know and those kind of she things did it, you really know? bug me but that's why i like the book so much is because there's just so much speculation because you you really you don't know and there's all these characters and you don't necessarily understand the full 
tilt of their relationship and the full sort of scope of it. And it's just a mind bending kind of book and I love it. So I'm super excited for the rest of the series. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Um, Before you fully hibernate for the fall out there and binge watch shows, we recommend getting out this weekend for Nuit Blanche. Culture Culture Days are among us. So there's tons to see. Literally hundreds of things are going on for free. You can't do it all. So please leave your homes. Go support the artistic community in the city. They need it. They want it. And we're going to, I'm going to be out and about on Saturday night for sure. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, as always, you can follow us on social media. I am at Jen Zeratti on Twitter and Instagram. Are you still on Instagram? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just need somewhere to post pictures of my cat, okay? He's really cute. That's fair. And you can also find all our non-pet related content at winnipegfreepress.com. And we will see you next week.